Ecclesiastes 8 and verse 11. And so I saw the wicked buried who had come and gone from the place of the holy and they were forgotten in the city where they had so done. This also is vanity. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today that it's anointed, Lord. And I pray that you would anoint me for preaching and anoint the congregation for receiving today. In Jesus' glorious name we pray. And everybody says amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. But Ecclesiastes 8 and 11, he said he, I watched the wicked buried who had come and gone from the place of the holy. They had come to church and they had left church. And, and then they were forgotten in the city. I think probably the... Uh, Longest word would be eternity. The dearest word would be now. The dearest word is heaven and the sweetest word is, is mother. And, but, and the best word of them all is Jesus. But probably the, the saddest word is forgotten. Forgotten is a terrible word. It's, it means to be unremembered or uh, out of mind or past recollection. Forgotten, it's a past tense of forget. It's a terrible thing to be forgotten. Anybody ever been forgotten? Is anybody forgetful? <laughs> Listen at the giggles. Man, it's just, I, I was thinking about this the other day and I looked it up. You can find anything on the internet. I knew a few lines, so it's just, a, just a, a line to say I'm living and I'm not among the dead. Though I'm getting more forgetful and more mixed up in my head, I can th say amen to that. For sometimes I can't remember when I stand at the foot of the stairs if I meant to go up for something or if I was coming down from there. Before the fridge, I so often, my poor mind is filled with doubt have I just put something away or am I getting something out? At times in the evenings, with my nightcap on my head, I don't know if I'm retiring or just getting out of bed. <laughs> Some of you can relate to that. So if it's my turn to write you, there's no need in getting sore. I may think I've written and I don't want to be a bore. So remember I do love you and I wish that you were here but now it's nearly mail time, so I must say goodbye, my dear. There I stand at the mailbox with a face so very red. Instead of mailing you my letter, I opened it instead. <laughs> it's a terrible thing to be forgetful. It's a terrible thing, but it's worse to be forgotten. In Ecclesiastes 9 and 3, he said, This is the evil among all things done under the sun, that there is one event unto all. Yea, and also the heart of the sons of men is full of evil, and madness is in their heart while they live, and after that they go to the dead. For to him that is joined to all the living there is hope, for a living dog is better than a dead lion. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything, neither have they any more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten." I walked, I used to ride a four-wheeler right up here, run over the tracks and run up. And, and do you know there's a cemetery right there? Anybody know that cemetery? Look, it's forgotten. There's people that's been buried there for years and there's huge oak trees have grown up on top of their graves. 
but they're forgotten. I don't know who they are. But the Bible says that the guy came and went, went to church and he left and then they took him out and buried him and they forgot all about him. What a terrible thing to be forgotten. Some people don't do anything to be remembered. Here lies, they said this woman died in the community and she was uh, been there her whole life and, and the mayor, he didn't, he didn't know anything to write about her and the funeral director, he couldn't think of anything so they left it to the sportscaster to write about her. And so it came out in the paper, here lies the bones of Mary Jones, her life had held no errors. She, she lived an old maid, she died an old maid, no hit, no runs, no errors. <laughs> I don't want to be unaffected, do you? And I'm glad I have a legacy. Somebody said, if you don't do anything, you've got two great sons that's carried on the gospel. Yeah, and I'm so proud of that. But I don't want just to be forgotten. That's a terrible thing. I was up at Buffalo Mountain. My brother knows where that's at. There's an old Confederate cemetery up there on top of that mountain. And I, I was walking and there wasn't even any signs back there and I started coming up on tombstones and then there was a sign on by the road. It, it talked about 17 year olds and 18 year olds. Some froze to death, some were killed by, by gunfire. But and I thought, this is so sad. They're completely forgotten. Man, when I was trying to stay in Glen Ferris, uh, when in 2003, uh, I didn't want to leave here, but I, I felt God stirring my heart. And actually, I went out west the first time on vacation, and I went through Casper, Wyoming, and went to church there where Sister Fonda, where she lives, we stayed with her. But I went to church there, and, and a burden fell on me, and, and, and I, I sat in the church, and I wept. I mean, it was an old rundown building. It had been there probably 70 years and hardly had any people in a city that, that needed God and a burden fell on me and I couldn't get rid of it. And, uh, and then the next thing you know, I received a phone call and I was asked to go be a missionary in Salt Lake City. So I went west and started a church. And I, but I got so forgetful trying to stay here. I was on... I don't know how many county boards I was on. I was uh, president of the food pantry. We actually started the Fed County Food Pantry. And uh, I was pastoring two churches and preaching the rest home and preaching at the hospital. And, and one day, Sister Kelly was a secretary and she came in. She said, Pastor, I think you need to get your blood pressure checked. I said, why? She said, I just think you need to. So. I went to Montgomery Hospital. Ellie would made some of her fantastic barbecues. Good to see Sister Ellie and Brother Walter today. And I went down there. They were selling them at the hospital for missions. And, and they checked my blood pressure. And the, the doctor, uh, the nurse said, uh, said, you, you need to go see a doctor. And I said, when? She said, right now. And I went to the doctor down at Cedar Grove and she said, do you want to go by ambulance or you want your wife to take you to ER? <laughs> so my blood pressure was about stroke level, but I was so stressed trying to stay in Glen Ferris. So stressed, but you know what? When I, I got so forgetful, I remember I was invited to a couple's home 
for dinner and, and I forgot about it. They had called me from the hospital and I had to go down there and, and, and they waited on me until their meal got cold and they never came back to church again. <laughs> but I didn't purposely stand them up. I just forgot. I was going through the bank one day and I looked. I told Debbie, I said, I have to run to the bank. And I looked up and seen the calendar. I thought, oh my goodness, I have to be preaching in Virginia tonight. I turned around and came home, canceled what I was going to do. And when I got to the preacher's house, he said, I hadn't heard from you. I didn't know whether you was coming or not. I didn't tell him that I'd forgot all about him. But I'm telling you what, stress will make you forgetful. So I resigned those boards. I, re I got pastors for two churches. And uh, I resigned from the food pantry. And, and I went and I got in the will of God and, and I planted the church. And my memory came back. In Salt Lake, my wife got so forgetful, I thought she was getting Alzheimer's. But she was just stressed. We worked like 70 and 80 hours every week, and it, we were just on overload, spiritually, physically. Uh, but you know what? When we got in the will of God, it made all the difference. But it's a terrible thing to be forgetful. But worse than that, it's a horrible thing to be forgotten. You know my mom left me in church when I was a little kid? Remember that? Remember that old building up Elk Ridge? She left you too? They locked up and left me in there. If I'd have woke up in that dark church, I'd have still had to go to support group. That's a terrible thing to be forgotten, but we had so many kids. There was so many kids, you had to do roll call. When they did roll call when they got home, I didn't answer. It's like the home alone deal. <laughs> Praise God. But it's a terrible thing to be forgotten. I remember I went to... to um, when I was going through that transition of leaving here and going to start a church, I was so stressed. I went to General Conference and I rode from the hotel with some people and they told me where they would meet me after service. And when I got there where I thought I was supposed to meet them, they weren't there. I couldn't remember the name of the hotel or even the address. And I didn't have their phone number. So I was running around in the arena and I looked and they had locked me in that big arena. It's a terrible thing to be forgotten. I thought, they have forgot me. How insignificant am I? Praise God. Joseph, what an incredible story. I love the story of Joseph. Joseph was the preferred son. And we know the story how his father made him a coat of many collars and his brethren got jealous and, and they connived in their hearts, we're going to kill him when he comes down here. So he went to check on his brethren and they were going to kill him, but one of them talked him out of it and so they put him in a dry pit. And a caravan came headed to Egypt and, and they said, let's don't kill him and have our brother's blood on our hands, but let's sell him. And then we'll tell daddy he, he died. And so they sold him to a caravan to be a slave in Egypt. And they took his coat of many collars and dipped it in animal's blood. And, and their fa his father thought he was dead. And mourned for him, mourned for him. 
For years he mourned for him. And Joseph gets down to Egypt and they put him up on that auction block and they auctioned him off and Potiphar bought him and, and he became, he became uh, over Potiphar's house because everything he did, God blessed him and, and the next thing you know, Potiphar's wife, she tried to seduce him and he, she grabbed a hold of his clothes, she got so evil and he ran out of his clothes, his jacket and left it there and when her husband came home she said look this is the coat of that Hebrew you brought in here and he tried to rape me and so they put him in prison so he stayed in prison for well I, I think about uh, let me look I might have it written down I think he stayed about 10 years 13 years total. He stayed 11 years and, and then at the 11th year, here comes the king put the butler and he put the baker in prison and, and they they're normally were happy. I guess the king was, was uh, he was a regular about throwing people in the dungeon because they were happy when they first went in there. But Joseph came down one morning to take care of them. He was over the prison. The jailer put him over everything because everything he did prospered. And he's working in there like he's working unto the Lord. And, and he says, you guys are not happy today. What's wrong? And they said, we've both dreamed dreams. And they begin to tell their dreams to Joseph. He said, well, go ahead and tell me. Doesn't dreams belong to God? And, and after they told the dream, he told the, the baker, he said, in three days, they're going to cut your head off and they're going to hang your carcass up and the birds are going to eat your flesh. I don't like those kind of prophecies, do you? <laughs> but he turned to the butler and he said, there, the, the king's going to restore you back to your rightful place in three days. And when he does that, don't forget me. Don't forget me. But you know what happened? The Bible says that he forgot Joseph. What a terrible thing. Being in a dungeon for 11 years and then he has to spend two more years before somebody remembers him. Finally, the Pharaoh had a dream and the butler said, I remember my fault this day. There's a man in the prison and said, he, he uh, is in contact with the gods. He can interpret your dream. And, and Joseph's down there working in that dungeon, forgotten for two years. And they brought him up. The next thing, he's standing in the presence of the king. And, and he tells the king the interpretation of the dream. And he makes him second ruler in all of Egypt. Praise God. But he had to go through a time where he was forgotten. I preached at Glen. I preached at uh, the Anchor Church Sunday, and and he came all the way up and heard me preach. I like to think he came to hear me preach. Don't tell me any difference. I preached on "I Woke Up Not Dead Again Today." How many's heard that song? Nobody's heard that song. The internet said I'd passed away. <laughs> if I did, then I didn't stay. Because I woke up not dead again today. But I'm here to tell you, I'm going to die. You're going to die. Pastor's going to die. People that I've pastored in here, they're gone on to be with the Lord. I look and I see that Sister Polly's not here anymore. 
she's gone on to be with the Lord. And Brother Raymond Hudnell, he's gone on. And Sister Brenda, she's gone. And, and Sister Betty, she's gone. Different people have passed away. You know why? Because that's a part of life. We're going to die. But if your name's written in the Lamb's book of life, I'm here to tell you today, your kin might forget you, your neighbors might forget you, but he is never going to forget me. But when the trump of God sounds, the dead in Christ are going to rise, and we're going to rise to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. See, man's born of a woman of a few days and he's full of trouble. But there's going to be a resurrection. Job said, though the skin worms devour my body, yet in my flesh I'm going to see God. Yes. I'm going to hear him call my name. Yes. We're getting old and decrepit. I've got one new knee. I need another one, but I'm chicken. After going through that one, I don't have any desire to get that one done. I've got artificial disc in my neck and a plate there with screws and I got a I have a drill bit broke off in that finger. The doc the surgeon said, I've never broke a drill bit off in anybody before. My wife said, if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen to him. The boy said, when a rapture takes place, Dad said there's gonna be a lot of clanging and screws and plates falling out. Because I'm not taking anything artificial. But I'm going to have a glorified body like it unto his glorified body. <laughs> Praise God. But I'm telling you what, you need to get your heart right with God because there's going to come a time when nobody remembers but you'll never be able to forget. It doesn't finish. It's not finished when you close your eyes in death. The Bible says it's appointed unto man wants to die, then after death, the judgment. Praise God. I like what Jesus told the thief, the thief on the, on the cross. He said, Lord, remember me. And he said, this day, you're going to be with me in paradise. But I've got a promise. Paul said, if we only had hope in this life, we'd be among men most miserable. Aren't you glad this is not it? Look in the mirror. You're not getting any better looking. You're not. I mean, even just this short time I haven't been here, I see changes in some of you. You're getting older and older and older. My sister, I went to catch manas yesterday, and, and uh, I set a trap in her yard. But when I came down, her and a friend of hers were walking. They walk about five miles a day. And I seen them turn on that little road. And I pulled up and rolled down my window. Before they could see me, I said, I love old people. <laughs> Turned around, looked at me, both of them. Then they realized it was me. But we're getting older. Praise God. <laughs> We're going to go by the way of the grave. But I'm telling you what, death doesn't scare me. You ever want to die? I've been so sick and miserable that I wanted to die. I, did, I thought I was going to die. And the doctor said I was really bad shape. But I knew that if, that if I died, the grave can't hold me. That little woman that died of cancer... She left a song beside her bedstead and when she died they found it and they gave it to Don Johnson and he pinned the music to it. He said, uh, uh, death, 
I may not be living when Jesus returns back to this earth to take me home, but if I'm sleeping beneath the cold clay, I'm gonna rise up with power on that resurrection day because the grave can't hold me. I'm gonna come out with a voice of triumph. I'll rise up and shout. Grave, where's your victory in death? Where you're staying. So you don't think about that stuff when you're young. But I tell you what, David said, who remembered us in our lowest estate for his mercy endures forever. You might feel forgotten today, but I want you to know that you're not forgotten. Somebody said, well, I've been too bad. I don't think so. One thing I knew, I know that his mercy was renewed again this morning. And, I, and I, when I think about that, I think about how wicked Ahab was. Ahab was wickeder, more wickeder than any king. He, he married a heathen woman. He built an adulterous temple, adulterous temples. And, and he, was, he was so evil that the prophet said, God's bringing judgment upon you. And it scared him and the Bible says he repented. He humbled himself and he began to seek God. And God told the prophet, said, look at Ahab. He's humbling himself and he's seeking God. He's seeking me. Look at Ahab. I'm not going to bring that in his day. And if God will put that aside for a wicked man like Ahab, I'm telling you what, his mercy is enduring for you today. You can find a place of repentance. Praise God. I'm here to tell you today that we're washed and we're cleansed through the power of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood. And the Bible says, whosoever will, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. You're not too bad to find the Lord. I've known people, I know people that lived rough lives. We've had them come here. Brother Dennis's father-in-law, he lived a rough life. Remember when he came to church and Sherry said, would you pray for my dad? I said, sure. I didn't care for him. He treated me bad when I worked for him. You knew him when we worked in the coal mines. And he came and then he came back the second time. That's when she asked me to pray. I said, Mr. Duncan, will you come on up? And, and uh, he came up and I prayed for him. And he went back, and he's telling me this later. He's giving me his testimony. He said, yeah, I said, Sherry kept on aggravating me, so I came to church just to get her to shut up. He said, then when you called me up for prayer, he said, yeah, here goes a TV evangelist. going to blow on me and knock me down. <laughs> but I just anointed him and, and prayed over in the greatest name that's ever been spoken on the lips of mortal man. And he said, you know what? I went home and went to bed and I woke up about 2.30 in the morning and I raised my head up and there was just a hand right there. He said, and I raised my head up and that hand pushed my head down and said, lay down, I'm working on your heart tonight. <laughs> he went back to the doctor and he said, Mr. Duncan, your heart is not as bad as it used to be as we thought it was. And he repented right here of his sins. I buried him in the water in Jesus' name and prayed him through the Holy Ghost. Praise God. An elderly gentleman that found mercy in the eyes of the Lord. I don't care how old you are today. You can find the Lord. Yeah.
I baptized a guy at the hospital. He was 103 years old. I'm telling you, baby, you're pushing it when you get 103. You're on borrowed time. Somebody said, man, I've lived my whole life for the devil. God don't want me. Oh, yes, he does. He said the one that comes at the last minute is going to get the same reward as the one that's been in it their whole life. I'm in his house. In the multitude of his mercy. You're not my judge. The preacher's not your judge. But we stand before a merciful God. Praise God. He looked down on the ones that was gambling for his garment and said, God forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Now that's mercy. Man, hallelujah. I'm glad for mercy. Praise God. I'm glad God remembered me. He remembered Noah when the world was so wicked and it's getting so wicked. I can't believe people are so goofy. When they ask people in the Senate what a woman is and they can't tell you what a woman is, well, any, any kindergartner can tell you what a woman is. It don't take a rocket scientist to know what a woman is or a boy is. We're, li we're living in a messed up society. They're going crazy. Praise God. But I want you to know today, it was like that in the days of Noah. They were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the flood came and it took them all away. And the Bible says that God saw that the wickedness of, wickedness of man was great and it grieved God in his heart. And he said, it repents me that I have made man that I have created. I'm going to wash him from the face of the earth. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord and that's the reason the scripture records Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I'm here to tell you today, we're in the grace dispensation. I remember when you walked in, straight out of the bars. He was playing gigs in the bars. But I remember on a Christmas Sunday, we had a Christmas program. Man, the next thing you know, he was in the altar seeking God. How many years has that been you've been here? 22 years ago. Hadn't been back to the bar anymore. But he's been doing his gigs in the house of God. Hallelujah. I don't care if you feel like you're the biggest loser in the community today. You can find grace in the eyes of the Lord. Praise God. I've seen people come to the Lord and I thought, oh my goodness, I can't believe they even walked in the house of the Lord. Roof's going to fall in. That's what people say. I don't know how many times I've said, hey, won't you come to church? It's all man, the roof would fall in if I'd come. Nope, I've seen some pretty rough customers come in. Pentecost Sunday, next Sunday at 6 o'clock. You've got to try to be there. It's at the Parkersburg High School, and it seats plenty of people. You would have to drive a long ways to get in a meeting like it's going to happen. There's 11 of our churches are gathering together. There's going to be people from all walks of life, and we're going to have a Holy Ghost explosion like you've never experienced in your, in your life. Come on down and watch these people come to the altar of repentance straight off the street, straight out of the gutter, straight out of the world. People that don't know anything about God's going to come down to the altar and receive the Holy Ghost and be baptized next Sunday evening at 6 o'clock. Pentecost Sunday. 
In the last day, said God, I'm going to pour my spirit out on all flesh. And you can see it happen next Sunday. Man, I like to preach there. They're wild people. Have you preached there? Man, I'm here to tell you. Studs and kind of looked like Frankie when he came. You know what his nickname was? Tackle box. <laughs> he looked like he fell face first in the tackle box. Well, there's going to be a lot of people that, that you see in that church. I mean, they come in and they're rough looking. But I'll see them lift their hands up and tears running down their faces. People that's hooked on every drug you could imagine comes down to... One lady came up. I was there preaching one service. And a lady came up and she was, had a withered hand from... She had OD'd and it left her with a withered hand. And when we prayed the prayer of faith, that hand straightened up. You think God cares about people? He didn't care how many drugs that she had done. He didn't care that she had OD'd, but he reached out that hand of mercy and brought her right on in. Praise God, I'm here to tell you, he loves you and he cares for you. And, and you don't want him to forget you. Because if you turn him down, you'll never forget. You won't be remembered by friends, but you'll never forget. Praise God. I like that old song. On that resurrection morning, when the trump of God shall sound, I'll have a new body. I'm wanting it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Hell has an appetite, the Bible says. Hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. Hell is like a crouching lion. The devil wants to take you to that hideous, horrible place. But I want you to know today that you can make a young turn on this Sunday and you can have your name recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. And nobody can take it out. Praise God. I'm going to have a glorified body. I don't want to go to that place of disease and burning flesh and weeping and memory of sermons and remembering the drawing power of God that I, that I didn't listen to, screaming and cursing and begging and, and confusion and turmoil and, and, and eternal separation. I know the Bible says there's going to be 30 minutes of silence in heaven and somebody said God's going to give us God's going to give us just a 30 minutes to remember all of our loved ones that didn't make it. He's going to wipe the tears from her eye. The Bible doesn't say that. I heard somebody say that, but tears are not going to stain the streets of that city. But it's going to forever be in hell, weeping and crying. Praise God. I know the rich man in the 16th chapter of Luke, he went to hell, and the Bible says he lifted up his eyes in torment, and he said, Abraham, if you could just send Lazarus to dip his finger in water and cool my tongue, I'm tormented in this flame. And he said, there's a great gulf between us, and, and he can't come there, and you can't come here. He said, well, if he can't do that, send him to talk to my brothers. I have five brothers that, that they're lost and they're going to come here unless somebody tells them. And he said, they've got Moses and the prophets. If they won't hear them, they wouldn't hear somebody that comes from the dead. I'm glad I, I'm glad I heard the Lord call. November the 6th, 
November, I mean not November, but in 1968, I was sitting back in that little old country church and I felt the Lord. You ever, you remember that feeling? He got a hold of your heart. Yep. Says, come here. Man, I felt him pulling me, and I went to the altar, and, and I got down right there and repented of my sins, and just 12 years old, and I thought, I stood up, and I thought, I feel light. But then on November the 16th, 1971, he baptized me with the Holy Ghost, and I'm here to tell you today, it gets sweeter as the days go by. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I don't have to worry about being forgotten, because I know that he has my name recorded. Praise God. Hallelujah. Honey, come to the keyboard, would you? I remember when she came to the Lord. Devil wants you in hell. The Lord says, Simon, Satan's desire to sift you as wheat. But I pray for thee. When you're converted, strengthen the brethren. Let's stand today. Oh, come on down to the altar. Won't you bow your heads today? If you hear Jesus calling, He wants to change your life right now and He make you new. He wants to take your pain and your sorrow Start looking for a brighter tomorrow Through eyes of faith You'll see the light when you pray through He wants to take your pain He wants to take your sorrow It's a good life living for the Lord We've been married how many years? 48 years Be married 49 hopefully go to Hawaii for our 50th. Praise God. We don't have any regrets living for the Lord. Our kids haven't been on drugs. They don't. They've got beautiful kids and they're all except one have received the Holy Ghost. Sadie's not big enough yet. They're married. One of them's married a preacher and the other one just got prophesied to that he was going to he was going to be in the ministry and he wasn't going to be confined to Ohio but he was going to preach different places. Man, I don't regret living for God. I feel the Holy Ghost today.